I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to some Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or on iHeartRadio. We thank Agent Every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevenson, and as always, I'm joined here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo is here we go. Well, buddy, as we turn our football calendars to December, we're all reminded that this is the season for giving. So what better time for the sports gods and sweet baby football Jesus to finally give us that monster 8, 9, 10 unit weekend we have been searching for. You know, it's buddy, it's kind of like when I go to the bar, I'm looking for the 8, 9, or 10 but I usually settle for the two or the three. Followed by a penicillin shot and a lifetime of regret. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a St. Arnold's Christmas mm. Ale from Houston, Texas, St. Arnold's Brewery. Very good beer. Sounds Three terrible. out of five stars. Uh, gets me into that Christmas spirit, Longhorn. Something mm-hmm. about the spice and the aroma of it that reminds me, you know, when you first put up that Christmas tree every year, 
And the mistletoe. And it also reminds me of your third wife, who, if I recall, mm-hmm. liked to take a fresh sprig of mm-hmm. mistletoe and check the yule side of your backside there. And uh, while you called her Mrs. Claus, while wearing mm-hmm. reindeer harness, antlers, bells, and all. And that's actually the photo mm-hmm. that she sent to all of us as Christmas cards. And man, was she she was yeah. just a sweet gal. Yeah. And everybody here at FGA sure. Yeah, does we miss, miss all those all those dumb horrors of of my Christmases past. I mean, I've if if we could just have like a a, a reunion of all the all the the exes, if we could just have them come over a Christmas party, that would be a good time for everybody. I guarantee you. All right, we are patenting mm-hmm. that movie idea right here. You heard it's digitally recorded, The Whores yeah. of Christmas Past. All right, boys and girls, we are going to move on to the podcast. We're going to have the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? We're going to go over every win in the NFL tonight. And, of course, of course, we will get you paid with those free picks as we always do. But right now, we got to get paid to do that. Here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Vaginator 4000. Guys, everyone knows the older we get, the less inclined we are to do our marital duties. The problem with that is the older your lady gets, the more she tries to put the hustle on Russell, the one-eyed muscle. And to make matters worse, you know if you keep declining to launch your tuna torpedo, she's eventually going to go pud-pounding around town. Now, most companies would want to sell you some drugs to enhance your libido or some such bullshit, but I'm here to tell you the problem isn't with you. It's that her baby-making parts are going fucking crazy! Well, if you want to keep your woman around, you better buy her the Vaginator 4000. The Vaginator 4000 isn't your standard sexual aid. It is a revolutionary new product that will satisfy your lady's juice box no matter what her preference is. Does she prefer external stimulation? It'll flick that bean like mean Joe Green, baby. Is she a fan of penetration? It's size adjustable, so she'll never feel like she's throwing a hot dog down a hallway. So, if your lady can't stop fiending for subpoenaing, she's constantly trying to chuck on your morning wood, God damn it, if nothing seems finer than a big old vagina miner, get her the Vaginator 4000. That's Vaginator 4000 for all your lady's needs. And hey, maybe she'll even shut up and let you watch the fucking game. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that Vaginator 4000 sounds like a hell of a product. Uh, I think your third ex <laughs> had, I think you got her that year, one year for Christmas, and told her to lay off the uh, mistletoe in your uh, hidey hole there for a little bit and then uh, yeah. see how that thing worked. I don't know. Yeah, if we ever, you know, if we do the, the, uh, Chris, the, the horrors of Christmas past or whatever we're going to call that movie, you know, we should get them all. We should just get them all the vaginator, you know, 29,000 or whatever it is. Just make, <laughs> just make sure that it's a big giant black vaginator. Cause that's apparently <laughs> what they all liked. <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? All right, boys and girls, as always, we start off with the good and the good last week. Well, we had a lot of good, actually. Danger Zone, my boy Longhorn hit on Detroit. Hit the big dick on Jacksonville. Yeah. I uh, hit the trend of the week on Vegas. Longhorn with another winning week in the contest. Three in, the ro- three in a row for my boys fucking on fire. Uh, my NFL teaser hit. We had lots of good info on the podcast. If you listen back, I mean, I mean... 
We didn't miss on much. We really didn't. Hit two or three of the college round robin the Pizza Money Parlay put out. Uh, and we closed seven of our college preseason bets. Got finalized last week. Got a couple still hanging out we'll talk about later. But uh, overall, you know, we had a lot of good. A lot of good last week. Yeah, some good, some bad. Yeah, on to the bad. A lot of that, too. It was a very middling week. Like, literally, we split everything. The one-on-one one of the free picks. Uh, both the Sounders lost. Uh, again, two or three out of the pizza money parlay, so no cash there. However, finally... Uh, if you did follow, you got a great live hedge, though, because the last leg was the biggest dog, which always never works out. Except this time it did, because they were up 24 to fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, but they ended up losing the game, but you actually got to hedge that with plus money on the favorite. So you cashed out big time if you did it right. Uh, but my NFL ro- round robin was absolute fucking shit. Uh <laughs> Vegas is my only win on that. I, how, how'd you do over well, there? Oh, it was all right, but I'm, I was. You said that I lost both the sounders. I'm trying to remember. I know New England was one of the sounders. What was the other one? Uh, let me look. I'm trying to remember which sounder on New England and sounder on Tennessee. Oh Tennessee. fuck you, Tennessee! Jesus Christ! Goddamn Titans! <laughs> all right. Oh. Mm-hmm. We're gonna move on to the R U. Fucking kidding me! Sounds like it was a good one. This is definitely the leader in the clubhouse for the Are You Fucking Kidding Me of the Year. I don't see anything beating it. This <laughs> might be our personal Are You Fucking Kidding Me of all time. Now, I've heard some bad beat stories that yeah. would beat it, but us personally with our money on it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Def- definitely the worst. Utah State, we had. Plus 17 versus Boise. They're down by five points with the ball on the Boise nine-yard line. They get down, I believe, to about the five. Sounding good. I like it. Fourth and goal. One minute or one and a half minutes left in the game. Easy. They have a chance to take the lead, actually win the game outright. Yeah. Easy win, though. Easy. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. But they don't score. Shame, right? Yeah. Boise State gets the ball. All we need, one first down. Utah State's got a couple timeouts. Game's over. First play from scrimmage. Boise runs a 91-yard touchdown. No. no now, we're down 12. That's okay. There's only 50 seconds left. <laughs> right? We still got a fo- We're still in the cover by five whole points. Oh, yeah. We're doing good. Utah State gets the ball. They're, they go three almost out, fourth and 17 mm-hmm. on their own 35 or so. There's less than 30 seconds at this point. And Boise, did they just, you know, did they just throw an including pass? Did the guy run around and get sacked? Nah, he throws an interception. Or, or sorry, Utah State yeah. did. Yeah. Did the kid for Boise just fall down on it and end the game, you know, like he should have? Nah! Mm-mm. He runs it back for a pick six. So we went uh-huh. from down five oh, yeah. with a cha- a legit chance. Four, they had four downs, fourth and goal. One, it was first and goal with a nine. Four chances to win the game straight up, less than a minute and a half to go, to losing by 19 points. We fall out of the cover in the span of a minute and 30 seconds. 
with a 14 goddamn point cushion. Are you fucking kidding me? is happening right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight baby Boys and girls, it is time to kick off week 13 in the NFL. We are going to start, usually I say sarcastically, with the game of the week, with a game like this. But due to the circumstances, there's going to be a lot of goddamn eyes on this television, on this football game. It's those Houston, and I did say Houston with an H, Texans. They are at home, seven-point dogs, to the Cleveland Browns and the returning prodigal son, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's funny that you're starting with this game. This was, I did a write-up on this game, and I was kind of thinking about this game uh, before we started recording, and I'm, I, I think I'm just going to scratch my whole handicap here, and because Watson is returning, and we don't, you know, you, you just can't predict what he's going to be in the first game on top of the anxiety and the, um, you know, the rustiness of, uh, uh, of playing his former team in that building. Um, so with all that said, I hate telling people to bet Houston because they're fucking Houston. They're fucking terrible. I get it. But like you said, with the return of Watson and he could be really bad and there could be added juice for Houston and Houston's at home and Houston will probably maybe Get another win, maybe. Let's just go ahead, for fun, make this the big black dick pick of the week. <laughs> I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. That's all I got, buddy. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, uh, again, let's not be the... Houston's fucking terrible, but you don't know what you're getting from Watson. Houston's at home. Crazy shit happens. Maybe there's a call to the refs from Goodell saying, hey, uh-uh. All the calls go against Cleveland this week. Watson, <laughs> Watson does not get this win. So, I don't know. I'm going... It's big dick pick of the week. Oh, uh, man. I, I, I love the Bulls. Um, I'm not going to give you the gratification of saying the other thing. I don't want this pulled later. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Houston is the home dog after the bye. There's a lot of, or sorry, before the bye. There's a lot of before bye. This is the last week. There's going to be a ton of teams going into the bye. Now, Houston being before, I write that down right. Houston. 
How do they have a bye in week 14? What is going yeah. on? I wrote it down, but now I don't see them on my list. So uh, I'll skip that for now. I'll double check and roll, roll back to it. But they might not be. Uh, I might be wrong about that. Houston is, though, one of the teams that did not cover last week versus the team that did cover last week. And that trend is starting to turn itself around. It's been pretty middling all year, but it was 4-0 last week, starting to heat up. Also, dogs of four or more, 55 and 30 this year. However, that one is starting to cool down. Four and five last week. I think it was first losing week on that for the season. So that's something to pay attention to. And this is kind of one of the reasons right here. If you look at since 2015, week 10 and on, uh, away favorites of five or more. Just five or more, whatever it is. Could be five, could be twenty-five. Who gives a shit? Eighty-five, fifty-four, and four. Sixty-one point two percent for big favorites, week ten and on. Now, since two thousand twenty-one in week ten, that's only fifty-two percent. So that trend started to turn around as well. So the numbers are split on this one. Uh, believe it or not, this, I mean, obviously Cleveland hasn't been that great of a team this year. The record would reflect that, uh, but. It really hasn't been because of their quarterback play. We've said it before. I mean, Brissett is not Watson, obviously, uh, but he hasn't been terrible. So, yeah. I mean, you kind of get what you get. I mean, if Watson's going to be that big of an upgrade right out of the shoot, I mean, the dude hasn't played football in two fucking years. So, if he's going to be fucking Deshaun Watson, who's, you know, MVP candidate from game one, then great. They blow, blow their fucking doors off. But, like you said, if they bow their necks one last time, and I will say, if Houston's going to win one more game, this has got to be it. You look <laughs> at the rest of their schedule. But other than Jacksonville, who they just own for whatever reason, um, yeah. this is pretty much it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind that. Don't mind that call at all. Houston has already had their bye. There are like yeah, six teams sorry. next week. I, I knew I, I didn't have them written down here, but I had to wrote it down in my notes. So I got that mixed up. They were the they were the no call last week, not before the bye. My bad. Okay. <clears throat> all right, moving on. Those Baltimore Ravens, eight and a half point home favorites. What? Mm. Over the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yep, and this is the Hello Corner TV game. Just put Denver every single week. I don't even know why we even do a handicap on them. They're they're the easiest team to handicap. Uh, usually, I say first one to ten wins in a game like this. Another game, just like Carolina last week. First one to three wins so if baltimore gets the ball kicks a field goal in the first quarter game is over you don't have to watch any more of it um but with that said that's a huge number it's very enticing to take a big number like that with a uh, against a baltimore team that just they they're struggling to score points right now they can't run the ball very well they can't hold the ball very well um, so I don't think this game total hits, I don't think it gets to 30. Uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what this, the over under is. It's probably in the low forties, I would guess. Um, so eight and a half points. That's huge. That's a, it's a huge number for a low scoring game. Uh, so I do think the right side, the professional side is going to be to take Denver. Um, so I will re- reluctantly lean that way, but I can't blame anybody for, for thinking Baltimore's going to win a game 20-9, to nine, you know, something like that. 
Yeah, the total is 38 and a half now, so it's getting in fucking oh, Army fuck. Navy territory. Uh, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I think that total is going to be 33 and a half, so basically they're they're thinking this team won't even, these teams won't even combine for more than a touchdown, more than Army Navy, who's went under every game since the fucking Roosevelt uh, administration, I believe. Embarrassing. But it, anyway, um, so the numbers are split on this because, quite frankly, Denver's defense is that good, and Baltimore, again, overall DVOA, they're impressive, but a lot of their underlying numbers other than that are not. I had Lamar. We talked about it last week. Six, well, he was 6-13 and 13 as a favorite last. Now he's 6-14 and 14 as a favorite. Since 2021, again, the Dogs, four more, 55-30 and 30 so far on this year. And the bottom line is, can you trust Lamar? They've had plenty of margin this season. Uh, they've had, I think, the most fourth-quarter margin and lost not just games, but just the margin not covered, I think, more than any team in the NFL. So, and like you said, they don't do anything explosive. They don't really do anything consistently. So that's a big number. It is a big number. However, I will warn with this. Since 2012, week 13 and on, if you win, so if you win the game, as a home favorite of 8 to 11, so your big favorite, if you just win, you think, ah, yeah, they win, but they don't cover. Nah. 56, 30, and 3. 65.1% with a 6.07 ATS margin. So not only these teams win, this late in the year, and this is kind of going to be a theme in this podcast. They kick the shit out of these teams because if you're a dog, this big a dog this late in the year, there's a lot of things going against you. More than what's just on the football field. If you watched the Denver game last week, which I don't know why you would, but if you did, uh, you saw players yelling at Russell Wilson on the sideline. They hate this motherfucker. They hated mm-hmm. him in Seattle. They hate him in Denver. He's doing goddamn jumping jacks and fucking somersaults on the plane on the way to London. He's such a I fucking mean. poser. He's such a fucking fake. I, I mean, I've known it the whole time about the dude, but that he's in a new spot now. It's not going well, and they don't give a fuck. They, he didn't win them a Super Bowl. He didn't take them to two straight Super Bowls. So he can go fuck mm-hmm. himself, and they don't like it. So there's a lot of reasons. They don't to like the coach like either. They don't like. You don't the like the coach. coach and don't like the quarterback. You are fucked as a team. And the coach fucking <clears> sucks. <throat> and you know. Lamar, like I said, Lamar is terrible. He is terrible as a favorite. Uh, but and I and I was happy to fade him last week, and we and we got that win. Uh, thankfully, on that, a Longhorn, you called that one on the big dick for Jacksonville. Uh, they won outright, but this spot, I'm not so excited to even even at six and fourteen. I'm not excited just to run and lay my money down on the dog. Nah. All right, moving on, those hot Atlanta, not-so-hot Atlanta Falcons uh, lately. One-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, they had, good Lord, I mean, I don't know what the win percentage last week against Washington, but my God, did they have chances to <clears throat> to win that game. Um, they ran all over Washington last week, uh, um, and, you know, it's, it had just given – at the end of that game, the ball to Patterson, instead of trying to like, hey, look, we got Mariota who can't throw. Let's let's try to win it with Mariota throwing. Then I think they probably punch that in and, and, and get the win. But against this team in Pittsburgh, obviously T.J. Watt can wreck a passing game. 
by himself. We've seen him do it in the past. However, this is this is Atlanta. They're not going to. They shouldn't try to throw the ball that much. So uh, you mean like on the two yard line to yeah, win the game, right on there, second and goal, right there. That's that's when you give it to Patterson. That 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 that, that was your win right there. And you know, look, man, we've talked about it for years. Teams, NFL teams, do stupid shit all the time. I don't know if it's just they're too smart for their own good, or they do too much studying and they think they see an advantage here when. You know, we saw Marshawn Lynch. You know, it's per- in the Super Bowl. Like, just fucking give them the ball. It's so simple, but they they fucking they fucked themselves out of it a lot. Um, bottom line: Atlanta coming off a loss, Pittsburgh coming off the win, um, and they might not have um, Harris, Najee Harris. I'll I'm not, I'm not sure the, the updated status of him right now when we record on Wednesday night. So I'm just gonna lean to Atlanta. I know it's basically a pick them now. I don't remember what you just said. But uh, just on the bounce back theory, I'm going to go with Atlanta. What do you got? Yeah, the numbers like Atlanta. I don't know how you couldn't like Atlanta. They're basically the same. They're both shitty teams. Uh, and then on top of that, you got Atlanta didn't cover the week before versus a team that did. You got Atlanta, home dog before the bye. They are before the bye. Uh, 28-15 and 1. So I think last week that... We had two of those, and both of them covered. They were two and zero last week on that. And then if you look at uh, some trends we got here, so Atlanta is well, they got they got the new spot as well on this one, and then you've got uh, let's see, yeah. Atlanta. Oh, this this was our big trip from last we gave out on Carolina, so kind of same situation. So 2015 and on week nine and on home dogs one to two and a half with a well. Both teams are losing. Less than 50% winning percentage. They are 26 and 11 now, ATS. And Carolina hit the second spot on that. And both teams less than 40%, which we've got another one of those this week. 13 and 2, ATS. So great spot for them there. And if you look at 2012 and on, week 13 and on, home dogs 1 to 2.5 with uh, a margin of less than 1. And a season on the season average versus another team with a margin less than four, five and three ATS on that with a 3.50 ATS margin. And since 1980, so that's a short sample size. But since 1989, with that sample size, which usually things go down, uh, it goes up 13 and nine. So that's another killer trend that Atlanta has going for it. Again, they're basically the same team, 19 and 20th in DVOA. I don't know if I get the better quarterback, but I at least get a veteran quarterback. I definitely get the better offense. There's zero uh, doubt about that. Atlanta at least scores like 23 points a game. Pittsburgh doesn't ever score, ever. So, yeah, give me give me Atlanta here. Did you say it was – I'm showing a pick. What did you say it was? One and a half consensus Atlanta is a dog. Oh, my God. Well, then, yeah, that's a, that's a sounder quality. Um, let's see what this – I'm showing pick on that one, and so I got consensus one and a half. I got one and a half at FanDuel at MGM's one, Caesars is one, WinBet one. So trending back down to one because it was at one and a half, went down to one, went back up to one and a half. Now it's trending back down to one, almost everywhere. So it will be one. Uh, I think by the time everybody sobers up a little bit, it's gonna it's gonna probably get back to that pick one. Probably closes at pick. Okay, so it w- it was at Pickham and then went up to one and a half. 
No, no, no. It was it op- the the opener was Atlanta minus one and a half, and it flipped all the way around to Pittsburgh plus one and a half. Holy I mean shit. Pittsburgh minus one and a half. It was a three point Ooh. line move. So I I thought there was some injury news I missed, like who got hurt. I haven't seen anything. I mean Pitts was already or not Pitt. Yeah, Kyle Pitts was already out last week, so that didn't change anything. So hmm. not that he's worth three points, but yeah, I, I saw nothing on this to make it flip around like that in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they won and Atlanta lost, but I mean, if you watch the games, that like you said, Atlanta could have won. I'm not saying they should have won, but they could have won easily uh, in that game. So I, I, I'm not sure where everybody's at on this one. But I think the wrong team is favored. So if you were doing it the way we've told you, when Pittsburgh that line opens up Pittsburgh uh, plus one and a half, that's when you tee them up to plus seven and a half, and then when it flipped. To Atlanta plus one and a half, you tease them up to plus seven and a half, and you got you get you a nice little middle pie there. Oh man, that'd be a fucking great, great uh, <laughs> number to have right there. No shit. All right, moving on. Those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles, five and a half point home favorites over the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, this this is this feels like the trap game of the week. I don't. Maybe at some point we'll we'll. Uh, have the trap game uh, drop or something. We come up some or something like that, but I don't really get this. You know, um, Tennessee can they they want to run the ball? That's how they build their offense. And Philly can't stop the run right now since Jordan Davis has been out. They've been terrible at stopping the run. You know, Vegas is just not stupid. They're they're not in they're not in the business of giving you a gift. Um, and they don't seem to mind taking the Tennessee uh, money. Or the uh, excuse me the the Philly money here so I you know you can tell me what the numbers say uh, but I, I just don't have a, I don't have a real good feel for this because it it seems like a bad number and I don't I don't know I don't think they're in the business of hanging bad numbers uh, and, and taking a loss so I'm gonna stay away till I get a better read on this or maybe you can tell me that the numbers right or or, or whatever but uh, what do you got over there. Yep, so it the number is, by our power rankings, right. It's right on, it's a no-call for our power rankings. So they basically just hung it where the stats would allow and just going to let the market do its thing. So we'll see which way the market pushes it. Not seeing much movement yet. Now, Tennessee does have our big trend. Uh, it did take its first loss last week, which I did say on the podcast, I, I didn't like Green Bay. It was on, I was like, I think this is probably the one that loses, and it did. But again, that's uh, since 2015, if the team's average turnover margin is equal to or greater than one versus the opponent, and the opponent has less than three losses on the season, 183 and 144. Now, the team they're playing does win straight up 118 to 219. So, big difference in covers and winners there. But so far this year, it's one, two, three, four, five, five and one. So far, we are on this trend this year, and Tennessee's on that. Uh, Tennessee was a no-cover team last week versus a team that did cover. They're a dog of four or more. They are in our new spot. And then on top of that, home favorites between four and six, 2015 and on, week 13 and on, 35, 41 and one, so 46.1%. Now, again, 49 and 28 straight up. So that kind of goes along with our trend, our big trend there. 
But if you add on to that, if the team has an 80% winning percentage or better versus a team that has a better than zero ATS margin for the season, two, six, and one. All-time ATS on that with a negative 2.11 ATS margin, but inside of those games, seven and two straight up. So I think this is another game where Philly does what they do. They're just better than most teams. They're better than Tennessee. Don't get it twisted. But I think they they don't cover this game, but they, I think they do win the game. But yeah, Tennessee's the, gonna, I think Tennessee's going to give them all that they want. What was the opening on this? So six and a half. So Mark, money has come in on Philly. It's consensus five and a half, but it's down to five at Caesars. No, and money's Bet coming Rivers. on Tennessee then. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Money's coming on Tennessee. Has been coming on Tennessee pretty steadily. I mean, I don't, I don't think it really gets any worse than the five. Maybe it does by game time or whatever, but uh, I definitely definitely lean Tennessee here. I like Tennessee here, but yeah, not a numbers agreement, but I, th- I think they give Philly all that they want. This is 90, all the tickets, all the cash, everything's coming in on Tennessee. That's That feels trappy as fuck. <laughs> Watch Philly win this game by fucking 10, 14 points. I mean, I think the only way that happens, which is a very, it's very possible... Is if you know Tanny just plays, you know, like a wide receiver that he was in college, and you know throws a couple picks, which is always possible. But if they run the ball and do like you said, what they do, yeah, I mean, staying stay with the five should be should be too a easy. Possibility. It should be too easy, which scares me. It should be too easy. You're right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Your Detroit Lions. Yeah. Oh man, this game's flipping everywhere. I guess we got a consensus that they're one point home favorite now. I don't know. I see Jacksonville one in some books. It's really split, man. It's the and double it's sounder. It could be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really don't. It says consensus minus one for Detroit, but really, if you look across the board, I would say more of a pick if I if I had to give it an honest grade. Yeah, and my handicap's the same way. I completely torn on this um both offenses are playing you know are playing well i'm trying to find this is going to sound weird but when i was trying to find the separation in in these two teams detroit lately has has just shown a little bit on defense uh not necessarily um not necessarily always in the box score or in you know um and the final score, but there's something happening over there on that side of the ball that's that's starting to catch up a little bit. Uh, but then when you look at the coaches, it's it's obviously a huge coaching advantage to Jacksonville. So if there was anything to separate, it gets negated once you go to the the coaching. Um, so really, you're just left with two basically what I think are pretty even teams at this point. One's at home. I'll lean to the home team. Um, but I fucking hate it. I've, I've got nothing. I want to. I want to pound the table for Detroit. But this is a perfect Detroit letdown spot, and I'm completely prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, per DVOA, they are pretty close to equal teams. Uh, for our power rankings, this number's right on. Right on. So there's no call on the numbers here. Now Detroit does have. 
Uh, again, they are on our, they're on the trend here that Atlanta's on, except they're in the second set that Carolina hit last week. And again, that trend is 2015 week nine and on home dogs. Well, if they're, well, not really though, because yeah, they're not a home dog. We'll, we'll see if they hit that trend or not. Uh, if they do end up being a home dog, uh, then both teams less than 40%, 13-2 ATS, but I don't know that they will end up being that. So that's something to keep your eye on, whether that trend is there or not. Um, <clears throat> I think overall for me it's a stay-away game, except that talking about the contest, I've been thinking a lot about that. It's a new start of a new three weeks for us, and this is going to be one of those I think a lot of people do stay away from, so I think it could be if you get it right – I know, mm-hmm. I know it will be one that you'll you'll gain some variance on the competition, no doubt about it. Now, Jacksonville is on the new spot for us here, um, and there's a couple of other things that I found on that that we'll talk about off the air because I've got to source it through you and see what you think about it. But I think this is the biggest thing on this game for us is definitely is uh, I think the winner on this game we probably lose the <laughs> season under on. So... Uh, and having said that and looking back to the thing that I brought up preseason all the way back then on when quarterbacks in their second year who do not go over their second year total yeah. are destined for failure uh, with I think the exception was uh, your boy Herbs and uh, Dak everybody else shit the bed and died so and if you look at the way Trevor Lawrence I mean Trevor Lawrence if we're being honest that was easily his best game as a professional. I know the game in San Diego or whatever, but they were missing almost all their defense. That was Baltimore's whole team. They literally could not run the ball. I think they ran for like 50 yards, mm-hmm. and I think he had 20 of them. He threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, he let them all. He he led them down within two minutes to score the game-winning touch. I mean, he was the dude yeah. last week, and we're watching this dude grow up in front of our eyes, and. All things being equal, if they're going to go over their season total, they got to get this one. So, hey, and listen, Tennessee has seven wins, and they're playing Philly this weekend. Jacksonville has four, and they're playing Detroit. They get this win. If they get this win and Tennessee loses, that's two games back. And you look at the point differential on Tennessee and Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville's plus twelve point differential. Tennessee's plus four. So, eh, that's uh, that's almost enough to push me in a coin flip game to Jacksonville, to be honest with you. So, yeah, if you look at the macro picture, if you think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be anything, he's got to go win this football game. Now, again, they're a young team, and he's a young guy, so maybe the pressure's too much. But I think the head coaching point you brought up is well understated at this point. I don't know how much you can understate it, but if you watched that game last week against Buffalo, which who didn't, it was fucking <clears> Thanksgiving. I mean, the kneecapper cost him another game. He really did. Like, how do you not kick the fucking ball in the goddamn – or at least cost him a chance to get to overtime. We'll say that at the minimum. You you know not to kick the ball in the fucking end zone. You just, I mean, how many fucking examples do we have to see? Do not kick the ball in the end zone <laughs> with 20 seconds left. No matter what, especially I when learned, the, yeah, John Wayne's on the other side. I texted it. I said, you just kick it to the, I mean, I said the one, but just kick it to the the five-yard line or so. He's going to run around. 
He's going to get to maybe the 25-yard line, which he did anyway with the kick in the end zone. But he's also going to burn about six or seven seconds. And you also have the chance of a holding penalty, which will bury them. And the game is done at the, you know, the regulation is done at that point. So, yeah, he could return for a touchdown. Of course, there's that possibility. That's not going to fucking happen. So, the, the, the always the play is to kick it short of the end zone. Why can't these... It's not just dumbass kneecapper. It's most of the fucking league cannot figure this out. Well, I know. Fucking, uh, what was it, Kansas City? or I can't remember how it went. One of, one of them in the AFC, was, or whatever that it game was. was Buffalo. That, yeah, they didn't do it. It was Buffalo. See, I'm, I'm not Buffalo just blaming him, but like you've seen it now, live in person, with one of those dudes on the other side. You know not to do it. And plus, if you just squib it down, kid, don't even rush them. Just kind of mull around, and like, okay, just come on, return, return a little bit, return. A little. Yeah, they did Dare the work. Dare like, run it. Dare yeah, they, to run the ball. They squibbed it, and didn't it get to like the um, like the forty yard line, almost the forty or whatever it was. Ridiculous. That's the worst thing they could have done. No, they they kicked in the end zone. You're thinking of a different game. Hmm. I thought they squibbed it. I don't no, know. They, Whatever they they they, they they all make the wrong fucking decision. I just hire a goddamn fucking a, a <laughs> clock manager. This is how fuck they got billions of dollars. Hire a fucking clock management coach. Yeah, quick quick story, quick side story, real quick. Uh, I was talking to a guy. Who knows the kneecapper personally? He worked with him uh, on the Cowboys staff and loves the guy to death, uh, like a son to him. And he asked me, he's like, honestly, how do you think Dan's doing? You're not going to hurt my feelings. And I said, well, honestly, I think he's done a hell of a job turning the organization around, turning the attitude around, creating culture. I said, but he's a shit coach on game day and he's got to hire somebody to help him. He's like, yeah, that's fair enough. He's like, it, it is what it is. A lot of them like that. But but he said that he hired a bunch of dudes around here that are just like him. So it's, he's got no help. He's got no help on that staff. Yeah, I don't like his staff. I like his offensive coordinator. I don't like anything else on the staff from what we saw uh, in Hard Knocks. All right, moving on. Those Washington Redskins, red hot, minus two and a half road Favorites, you don't see that every fucking day at the New York Football Giants. Yeah, you, that's right, you don't see it every day. And that's why you can go ahead and hit that sounder because I am taking those New York Giants at home here. Uh, let me get some, uh, okay, here it is. So yeah, this is this is the, the crash and burn spot. This is the, that Washington has been playing, what are they sitting on? Uh... Yeah, three in a row. They're seven and five. I thought they had more than that. They, they got they're only they've only won three in a row. They must have had a loss in between. Um, no, that, they've won. They've won and covered three games in a row. Yeah, but they've they've God, they were like two and five at one point, or, or two and four. What? Whatever. They've been red hot. This is the letdown spot for them. Um, you know, the the Giants. They want to. All they want to do is run the ball and pound the rock and Washington is vulnerable up the middle. We saw that last week with Atlanta. Atlanta could have won that game if they just ran the ball a little bit more. That's what New York's going to do. They're at home. Washington's coming off just a just a, a streak of games that they could have lost a couple here and there during this uh, winning streak. So yeah, give, give me the Giants here at home. Love it. 
Yep, the numbers agree with you on the Giants. Um, but Washington is the away favorite before the bye. Again, that one is 23-17-1. Uh, However, I don't know how well I expect all these teams before the bye to do this week because this is week 13, which means they've all played 12 goddamn football games in a row. Mm-hmm. So they all got to be pretty tired at this point. If you look at Washington's last few games, they've been, you know, road and home, road and home, but a lot of traveling. So I don't like that for that particular situation. But again, you are definitely in the better spot. I mean, anytime before the bye is better than after the bye, period. So just know that going in and if you look at home dogs from 2015 week 13 and on in the division between two and four not great actually 22 24 and one basically a coin flip though because the ats margin is 0.10 so literally a coin flip all the way around but inside of that diving a little deeper when the home dog is playing a team that is 3-0 on their last three games, ATS. It's only happened two times before ever, 2-0 with a plus-8 ATS margin. So, again, that links to your theory on the spot. This is just the spot for the Giants to get right, get a win. Mm-hmm. I do expect it to be a hard-fought football game. Uh, neither one of these teams are particularly good. They both have a negative scoring margin on the season. They both should not have as many wins as they do, but they're here, and they do. And they're both fighting for the the entire NFC East. You asked it last week. Is it mathematically possible? God damn it, it is. Because right now, if it's Mm -hmm. ended today, all of them are in the playoffs. Every single team is in the fucking playoffs. Stupid. So it's not going to end that way because they have to play each other too many more times. But you asked, it is true. It is possible. At least through 12 weeks of a season, it's possible. So... Uh, yeah, I like the Giants here, and then Washington goes on a bye, and then they play the Giants again when they come off the bye. So if they nice. don't get this one here, it doesn't look good for them coming back. As like I said, after the bye is never a good spot to be in, but we got two weeks before that happens. Who knows? Yeah, definitely like the G-Men here. That's very dysfunctional. It's playing a team by playing the same team, I, I, don't, I don't like that at all. But go ahead and tease up the Giants. That's a perfect tease spot. Two and a half to eight and a half. Love it. Love that, too. All right, moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. Minus three points at home to the New York J-E-T-S. Yep, and I love this situationally for Minnesota um, in this spot. So you got, obviously, Noontime Cousins going against the new fucking savior of New York. <laughs> like That was great what he did last week. That was awesome. I'm glad that he got to uh, get that huge win in that huge game at home against a shitty fucking defense. But um, this is the bounce back spot for for Minnesota and the uh, letdown spot for Mike White on the road. So, you know, uh, extra rest for Minnesota. They're coming off 10 days of rest. I just I just love this. Love the spot for Minnesota. And I love the fade spot for the Jets and um and uh, Mike White and and the Jets are the are the public team. Like I mean, the Jets are the public darling. So I I like to fade that any chance I get. So yeah, give me give me Minnesota. 
Yeah, a lot of what you said there I can't disagree with. Um, again, this is it's a no call again by our power ratings. This number is right on what the spot is because uh, the Jets are a better football team. They're actually a much better football team than Minnesota. Minnesota is not a good football team. They suck, actually. <laughs> um, now, they did they did come off a another coin flip victory as they've been doing. They, they've taken every loss and then doubled it that they had last year by coin flip <laughs> to get to the record they're at. Um, yep. They are currently, where are they at? Let me scroll the fuck down here. 22nd in DVOA. 22nd in Minnesota, or sorry, Minnesota. The Jets are 9th. They're ninth, boys and girls, with the worst quarterback in the league, uh, leading them through most of that. And then before that, Joe Flacco, who was serviceable, wasn't great. And Mike motherfucking White coming in last week. But still, with all that, ninth in the league. That's how good this team is. That's how good they're playing. And that's a coach who is starting to fucking prove his mettle up there in New York. So I don't understand. I mean, I do understand the line. The line is perfect by the numbers. I don't like the public love for the Jets. I don't like the Mike White hype. We've already seen this before. Uh, the second time, the first time he started before, he was great. The second start, I think he got knocked. Something happened. He didn't have a complete game. And the third start, he threw four interceptions, and they got the shit kicked out of him. So this is start number two. Again, I can't remember that game. I did look up the line or the, his stats. He only attempted 14 passes, and he obviously didn't play the whole game. Can't remember if he got pulled and then inserted late. I can't remember. But either way, I think he threw a touchdown, no picks, but didn't do anything special, and they lost the game. So I don't expect two or any more performances out of Mike White like we just saw. So that's another great point by you. Uh, which is, it's really cooling me on, I was kind of hot on the Jets to start when I saw that number. I was like, you fucking, like, I got a top 10 team with a quarterback that, you know, is not the worst goddamn quarterback in the NFL, which by every metric, Zach Wilson has been the worst quarterback in the NFL. And still, they're a top 10 team by DVOA. I'm not sure where they're at on uh, pro football, or, uh, yeah, pro football focus, but. 14. Yeah. So even be, even better than average on there, and but, but I will it, go ahead. But I will say that we have the biggest discrepancy. And I've noticed it for a few weeks now. Go just listen to the podcast. We the Minnesota discrepancy between your metrics and PFF's metrics is is tremendous. It's a it's a gap that I can't really comprehend why that would happen. But they're they're ninth on PFF. Uh, overall, and you just said whatever you like, 26. What'd you say on DVOA? They're 22nd, 22nd, yeah, nine to 22nd. That's a that's a fucking gap, man. That's, that's a gap, yeah. And I think that you know, you gotta remember PFF is people watching games and grading players, and then overall, they you know, you do have the human element of bias when you see a team that's nine and two, wherever the fuck they are. You're not gonna put them twenty second. You're because you sound like a fool. I don't but, think they. I don't think they take records in. But I, I get your point. But I don't. I don't think they do that. But who knows? Yeah. Um, but it is noontime cousins. So that's yeah. another great one by you. Noontime cousins, baby. But I got you, one trend. I do have one trend. So home favorites between three and five, week two thousand or two thousand fifteen and on week thirteen and on. 
42-65-2. So they cover less than 40%, 39.3. So that is not so bigly for Minnesota. I think that if Mike White can just go out and play an average football game, you know, just be average, I, I think they'd probably go win. Crash and burn, Mike White. Crash and burn. Well, that is his very short history of what he's going to do. <laughs> and I don't really want to lay my money down that he won't. So. Right, right. But again, that's another great... It could be another great... Well, Hey, it's I'll plus three. It's, if, if you like, whichever way you like, it's going to tick up one way or the other. So just grab it. You know, grab it whichever side you like. I wonder what... I didn't even look to see we have do have the contest lines. Let's see where they're at in the contest. Really. They're right they're at gonna the They're going to be at three. Of course, yeah. they're not going to budge that. <laughs> that thing hasn't fucking moved. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people are confused on that. I, I think that that, was, that might be another one in the contest that people stay away from. So if mm-hmm. you think you got the right side... I'll be on Noontime Cousins, baby. Give me that Noontime Cousins. It's hard not to back that dude <laughs> at noon. It really is. All right, moving on. Those Green Bay Packers. Woo! This line has zoomed the fuck up. All the way up to five and a half now over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I didn't do much of this. Use this as a time saver because I didn't do much on this because I don't know who's playing quarterback for really either team, to be honest with you. Um, I'm assuming if the line's shooting up, as you're saying, that Fields is... um, is is going to be out again? I'm assuming. So, I, yeah, and Rod and Rogers is going to play. He is going to so, play. So, so okay. he says, yeah, yeah. Well, look, if Rogers is playing, we already know he owns Chicago. He has some sort of weird. I fucking own you. Yeah, I've owned you my whole fucking life. He's got a weird fetish of owning Chicago, especially in Chicago. So, I mean, situationally, just give me that on a game. That uh, I really don't have any interest in. 71% of the cash coming in on Green Bay. 63% of the tickets. So, it's all leaning Green Bay. And I can guarantee you in the contest, this, if you had the balls to pick the Bears, this you would be on the minority side because they're four and a half in the contest. So, nobody's going to fucking take that when you're already going to get a whole point in the mm. market over that. But. They do run but, the ball. They do but, run the ball well. If you're so inclined, I've got a few points that might make you think about it. Yeah. First of all, the numbers agree on Chicago. So I like that. But again, the numbers are taking into account all the field games, so we do have to grade that with some weight for sure. Chicago is also on a few trends here. Since 2015, week eight and on, home dogs two and four. Well, nope. Scratch that one. They're not two to four anymore. All right. This one will stick. So since 2015, week nine and on, home dogs three to six. Following being a road dog of seven to ten, no win and no cover, which Chicago's already hit for us once this year. This trend is three and zero in the season, and overall nine two and one. So that is a fucking awesome trend that's been crushing it for us. And then let's see, that was that trend. All right, and then you've got splits before buy trends here so you got green bay away favorite on the buy chicago home dog before the buy uh away favorites are 23 17 and one like i said but home dogs before the buy 28 15 and one so bigger spot there for the home dog 
And then one last thing. 2012 and on, week 13 and on, home dogs from 3 to 5 in the division. So maybe if they finish at 5. Um, that are... Oh, sorry. Bigger than bigger than uh, average or less than zero average scoring margin of the season. Plus, they're a losing team versus a losing team who's also less than zero in the scoring margin of the season. Six and two ATS all time. Three and five though straight up, but plus two point five six on the ATS margin. Three and five to the under. So, like the under here, have a look and see what that margin or that market went to. It is staying pretty flat, even with the line moving up. Actually, it's going down to 40. Yeah, I see 43 and a half across the board, so I see a 43. So, even with Rodgers coming in, has not moved the needle on that total. So, that should tell you a pretty good indication that it's a pretty good line, and I like the under on that. And if you got the balls to take Chicago, there's a lot of stuff going for you. There's only 96% of the cash coming in on the under. And I was before you even said anything about the under, I was just sitting here looking at uh, where to put it. It's over here. Yeah, I was looking at the rush defense. I toggled toggled for rush defense. I was, I was really just looking up to see how bad Green Bay is against the rush or against the run, which they are. They're 25th. And then I glanced down and 32nd is Chicago. So literally. Both of these teams are just going to hand the ball off 40 times each. This clock will never stop running. I think that under 43 is golden. I love that. I am a big fan of it as well. All right, moving on. Those Los Angeles Rams. Oh, boy. Seven and a half point home dogs of the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, this is a disgusting game. I really have no interest in even talking about this very much. Uh, I'll probably stay away, but situationally, I'll lean to the Rams. Um, it, ugh, it feels, you know, it feels disgusting saying that, which tells me it's probably probably the right side. Uh, the Rams want to run the ball against this bad Seattle rush defense, and the fact that they have a running quarterback that'll be my only kind of uh, running running wide receiver playing quarterback whatever they're they're gonna have a running <laughs> type offense going against a bad running defense that's literally all i got in a game that i don't care about um the point the points are huge they're at home divisional game <laughs> other than that take it away all right well i'm glad you brought that up uh first of all the couple trends here one negative for each team rams Home dogs are more than three playing against a team that lost as a fave the previous game. 77 and 104 ATS, 41.9%. Not big weight at all. But on the other side of that, home teams uh, coming off of one score game, favored by more than set if they were at home, coming off of one score team, favored by more than seven against a division opponent, 20 and 34 on that. So both negative trends going there. You have the dogs plus four more on this one going for you. But, and I was going to say this is a contest stay away unless you're on the Rams. There's nobody's going to have the balls to pick that. But I think there might be a few people until they hear this trend. Since 2015, week 13 and on, home dogs between six and eight, 18, 30, and one. 
37.5% against the spread. In division, it gets a little better, 12 and 18, so 40% against the spread. Now since 2020, take it back before the division, 10 and 12, so 45.5, so definitely better for the dogs there. But, just funny enough, in division since 2020, it gets worse, 38.5% against the spread. Uh, again, I told you you're going to be a theme in this podcast. These big favorites, when it gets later in the year, they just cover, they just do, and they do by a tremendous fucking rate. And I've got some more stuff coming up later to show you how much, but... The numbers are split on this one overall. Um, Seattle is in a mega, mega spot in our new spot. And, yeah, I, I would happily lay these points. If I I've, got this, I've got this game off my board. Is Stafford going to fucking come back and play or something? I don't. It's off my board. I don't see it. It's not off anywhere, at least live on my screen. It's off live on on both the books I got pulled up. Something's something's going on. Fucking, there was rumors that Stafford might, for whatever fucking reason, come back and and tough it out. But I don't know. We'll see. We will see. And if he does, then obviously you got to make your corrections. Yeah. Well, the market will make the correction. If if Stafford plays, I'll fucking hammer Seattle. Hammer. Well, not in a not in a contest because it'll be an auto play for. With those points, well, I, I might, maybe I might do it. I might do it yeah. anyway because then it's <laughs> auto play. Then I'm really catching variance at that point. Yeah, so we we got to play to fucking win at this point, baby. We got to play to win. You play yeah. to win the game. That's what All right, say. we're gonna move. We're gonna move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Down to now three and a half point consensus. Although there's fours everywhere, mm-hmm. home favorite over those my hammer Dolphins. Yeah, definitely the game of the week and definitely the game that everybody's going to be watching. This feels like a game that taking the – it just feels we, – we've had a couple of games like this this week, which is – it's just that doesn't usually happen. Usually there's one game like this where I, I talk about it feels trappy or too easy. Um, I think this is the third game I've, I've said this this week. Uh, but this feels too easy to take the points. You're getting three and a half, four points. From a team that's really good, you know, quote unquote, like Miami, it feels, it just feels like a trap. Um, I am going to lean to San Francisco. I am going to lay the three and a half points that it's sitting out currently. Um, this San Francisco defense, they're just fucking ridiculous. They're, they are just ridiculous. I don't think they've given up any points in the second half for like three straight weeks, whatever it is. Um, that field in San Francisco. It can be tricky. It can be it can be a little slippery for sometimes for teams coming in. And you have obviously with Waddle and Hill, two receivers that need they that that separation that they create is the whole thing that makes this offense work. Because without that separation, without wide open receivers for Tua to throw to, it ain't the Tua you're seeing uh, this year. Now, with that said. Hats off to Tua. What he's doing is awesome. And, and you know, sometimes... Look, Mahomes going to Andy Reid. That's a magic spot. Montana going to uh, Bill Walsh. Like, sometimes it's just the uh, the magic spot. Um, uh, Drew Brees going to Sean Payton. Like, sometimes it doesn't matter, like, what you think they were coming out or what limitations they got. Sometimes if you get the perfect marriage between a coach and a quarterback, it's going to be awesome. But here in this game... On that field, 
Um, I just and you got the student and the teacher situation going on uh, with with Miami's coach going back to San Francisco. It just feels too easy to take those three and a half, four points. It feels trappy. I'm going to lean to San Francisco in kind of a uh, teacher pulling the pants down and putting a spanking on the student. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I have that written down in my notes, too. So this is another no call by our power rankings. Vegas is fucking on it this week, man. They have set these yeah. lines. Sharp. Right where they fucking were supposed to be. Uh, the contest line on this is four. Um, mm. Makes it tougher. So... Yeah, so again, Miami Dogs are four more, 55 and 30. You get that, as far as, at least as far as the contest line. Again, there's fours everywhere. Bet MGM, Caesars win, Bet Rivers, Points Bet. Um, really, FanDuel and a couple others only see I, ones I see at three and a half at the moment. And that is heavily juiced to San Fran, minus 118 at three and a half. So, really about 3.8 or so, if you want to call it that. Uh, so San Fran, I think that I think that both schematic edges are neutralized. Obviously, Shanny knows what the kiddo is going to do because he taught him. But all, all on the other side, the kiddo knows what Shanny's going to do because he was running the fucking offense. So the difference is Shanahan's got the same personnel running the same offense, and the kiddo's got the two fastest receivers. In the NFL, now I do still think that San Francisco has at least some schematic edge because they have seen, he knows what offense is running, plus they have seen Tyreek Hill in person in the Super Bowl uh, as well. So know what he can do, but now there's two of them. So that that becomes a problem. But this, uh, I don't know if I'm struggling to make this. You know what, I'm, I'm not going to make this my trend of the week, but it's a pretty goddamn good one. So for home favorites, three to five, 2015 and on, weeks, week 13 and on, 42 and 65, so 39.3%, again, against the spread. But when you add in the fact they're coming off two straight covers, three and 11 and one, 21.4% against the spread. If you look inside of just the actual gameplay, San Francisco's, talk about their defense, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's it's great, but their two worst losses, they've only lost, I think, four on the season. The first game against Chicago in the fucking monsoon, I don't even count that. So let's say three losses. Their two were, the other the other one, uh, well, they, they lost 11 to 10 in Denver in like week three or whatever. But their two worst losses are against the two highest scoring teams they have faced. Uh, they got beat by, I think, over 20 points in both of them. And Miami is higher scoring than one of those teams. They score 25 points a game. This team struggles with teams that can score the ball. We saw Kansas City walk in there and blow their goddamn doors off. I kind of expect the same thing. All things being equal, I think Miami goes in there and just kicks the shit out of them. But, like you said, it seems a little bit too easy to say that. A little bit too trappy. But I do I, I do want to point this out, and this is why I circled this. And you know from my off-air conversations why I really circled it. But, Inside that trend, the home favorite three and a, three and a half, whatever, or three to five, thirty nine point three percent cover, and then the two straight covers, three eleven and one, twenty one point four percent. Inside of that, five and ten, those tens are sh- straight up. The favorites are. So you're only winning thirty three percent of the time. You're only covering twenty one point four percent of the time. 
Yeah, you can you can uh, pencil me in for the Dolphins or not. No, interesting. All right. All right, moving on. And that was not a – yeah, I said that. No, the power yeah. is, is split, so not a number of agreement. All right, moving on. Oh, you're Los Angeles. I fucking hate this goddamn team. The yeah. Los Angeles stupid-ass shitty Chargers. Yeah. One-and-a-half-point road favorites versus our Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to hate the Chargers this year, and that's fine. I hate them, too. But you're going to love them next year when Sean Payton – is coaching them, but he ain't there yet. He ain't there now. And hit that sounder because home dog Raiders get this win. LA cannot stop the run. They were a fucking sieve. It went from them schematically because the coach is so fucking smart. We don't care about the run. It went from them schematically. We choose not to stop the run to they can't stop the run when they want to stop the run. Uh, if Jacobs is playing and they're holding him out of some practices, but I, I, from what I'm hearing, he's going to play. If he's playing, they're going to fucking run all over this team. It, the only way the Raiders don't win this game is if Herbert just goes bonkers. And, yeah, I, I'll pay to see that. I'll pay to see that because uh, Carr could go bonkers, too, uh, with, with some play action off of, off of Jacobs having his way. So, yeah. Love the Raiders to win his game. Tease them up to the seven and a half. I love them every which way from Sunday on Sunday. Go Raiders. All right. Well, the numbers agree with you. Uh, that is an agreement there. And Las Vegas is on our trends. Home dog after a win as a road dog. Last week, that split for us. Uh, Detroit and Tennessee. Fuck you very much, Titans. Uh, but good trend, 179 and 144. So that's a that's a huge sample size and it hits at 55.5 percent. And I think that's pretty apropos for this game. I, I do like your Raider uh, lean there. The Raiders are in a new spot for us. Find them on that. How the fuck do I fucking draw this shit better so I can just find shit? Either way, yep, they're there. I drew a blue duck because I've never <laughs> seen a blue duck. Pretty much. Uh, you look across the trends, other than the one I gave you, it's pretty much coin toss. I couldn't find much. Um, but that makes sense because these are coin toss teams. Uh, you know, the bottom line is both these teams stink. They stink. Uh, the Raiders, 23 in DVOA. Chargers, 20, 24 in DVOA. <laughs> I mean, to me... I'm glad that you like it. I really do. The numbers like it. Um, I don't love it because, you know, I, I just think this is one of those. The, the team of the ball last is going to win. The team of the ball last is going to win this game. Neither one of these defense, they both suck. They can't right. stop either offense. Everybody's right. going to fucking score. Big time. Just, it, the, the only thing that keeps me from pounding it over, first of all, I couldn't really find anything to support it. Secondly, if they turn the ball over, which – both capable of doing they, they both have both these teams like fucking fumble and, and throw I mean Derek Carr started the goddamn game with a pick six Who? very first fuck I think it was the first fucking play who's gonna go the most retard I mean yeah, you, that's are, you know that's the answer you know the answer who's gonna go no, the most hey I, <laughs> I do have to say I have been our, our Las Vegas Raiders soothsayer this year for whatever reason I just had a really good feel for this team um I loved them last week, and this week, I, 
I don't mind them. I don't love them because this is a team. This is easily a spot I could see them just shitting all over themselves. But they're playing the other team that loves a shit all over yeah. themselves. So again, it's it's a complete coin flip for me. I'm glad that you like it. You agree with the numbers? That's awesome. So that it, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with you. All right. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Two and a half point road favorites of the Cincinnati, not your daddy's bungs. Yeah, this one, uh, this game is going to hurt my heart a little bit because old Longhorn's going to have to call himself a little bit of a hypocrite because all year I've been saying that, and it's worked out great, that Kansas City, you, you fade them in when they're playing teams with huge spreads because they play with their food, they don't have... They have no interest in gaining margin in those games. And it usually works out. They usually you're, you can catch the dog on those. But I also said when they play good teams and the margin and the, and the point spread is low, that's when they bring their A game and that's when they really uh, shine and show their, their best. And I should be on Kansas City here because it's under a field goal and I'm a big-ass hypocrite because I love Cincinnati in this spot. Um, because on the other side, look, man, I fucking love Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow has been Joe cool since college and he just keeps fucking proving that just like Mahomes, that dude just has it, man. He just has it. He's, he's going to find a way to win games, uh, just like last year in the playoffs against this very team. And playoffs was that it? Yeah, that was in that was in Kansas City. This one's at home. Um, uh, they've got the giant receivers. I think Jamar Chase might be back. You can tell me if you've heard different. But you're gonna have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, those big giant downfield receivers, as we've seen with the Chargers against the Chiefs. They give Kansas City problems. The reason the Chargers can hang with Kansas City when they play them is because they have these big ass receivers that Herbert throws the ball up to, and uh, that, that's the one place you can exploit this Kansas City defense. So, even though I preached all year, take Kansas City in this spot. I'm I'm a big ass hypocrite, and I am uh, taking Cincinnati. And as a matter of fact, go ahead and hit that sounder. I'm gonna take them to win this game. Take them up with the teaser to um, it, it'd be I guess eight and a half, depending on where you get the line. Cincinnati every single way here. Oh man, that's right, wow. baby. That's right. The numbers are split on this one, as you could imagine. But here's why I'll play a little devil's advocate to your Kansas City takes on when to bet them and not. Here's when you bet Kansas City. You fucking don't, because they don't cover. They're <laughs> four, six, and one. And and guess what? They did. They covered the closing number of 15 and a half versus the Rams or whatever wide receiver they were running out there. I never thought they would cover. They did it anyway. And they, and they could have won by 40, but they didn't give it. Like you always said, they don't give a shit. They just want to win. I mean, they literally ran the ball for, I don't know, what, the last three quarters of that fucking game, and they still covered 15 and a half points. And even with that cover, four, six, and one ATS in the year. They do not cover spreads. They just don't fucking do it. for Ever since, what was it, Mahomes's second his yeah. first year they were like i mean fucking like 13 and 3 or some bullshit and the next year they were really good and since then suck yeah. not that they suck or not he's right awesome. yeah no they're great just... it's the market and just they get they get fucking which by the way boys and girls 
That is one of the things that makes Brady and Belichick, what they did in New England, so impossibly great and so that it's never going to be replicated. But during their time in New England, they covered 60% of the fucking time. Covered. Even with minus 13s, minus 17s, minus 10s, minus every week after week after week after week. Six out of every 10 games. If you just bet Belichick and Brady, you want a fortune. You'd be, you'd be living in a mansion in Vegas right now if you just bet every fucking start. But, Go ahead. I digress. It's the opposite of Kansas City. And again, Mahomes is the best quarterback on the fucking planet. No doubt about it. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time. No doubt about it. They cannot cover spreads. It's too goddamn hard to cover every fucking week. And they just don't do it because they get overrated by the market and the public. I'll, I will magic. say, though, against they went at Tampa and and won by 10. I don't remember what the spread was in that game, but I'm sure they gained margin there. And they went at San Francisco and blew them out. So They beat the shit out of San Francisco. Right. So, you know, like, yes, you're historically absolutely you're right. That's why I 100% agree. Uh, but they usually get up for these big games on the road. And I might be kicking myself for not taking Mahomes under a field goal here, um, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna stick with stick with Cincy. Well, I can remember last year when they went to Cincy in the regular season. I think they were laying three and a half, and I think we both liked Cincy in that game. I don't remember. I know we bet them. I don't know if we liked them or just the numbers made us bet them. Mm-hmm. But Cincy won the game outright. Now the numbers are split here, like I said. Uh, since he is in the new spot for us and with the power ratings agreement, so that's definitely plus on that side. But then I found what is going to be the trend of the week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, boys and girls, here it is since 2015, week 13 and on. Home dogs, between two to three. Winning percentage of better than 60% versus an opponent that has two losses or less on the season five and one ats five and one straight up 8.83 ats margin yes since he wins yes since he covers yeah go fucking joe burrow picked a good sounder it sounds like i sure the hell hope so all right we're moving on <laughs> to those dallas come on <clears throat> god damn ten and a half point consensus Home, well, it's more like 10.7, moving to 11. Home favorites versus those Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, who gives a shit? Look, here's the deal. If the offensive line can, if the offensive line for Indianapolis can somehow slow down Parsons, which when Indy played uh, TJ Watt last week in Pittsburgh, they somewhat slowed him. I mean, you know, they neutralized him somewhat. If. If they can do that and slow down Parsons and they don't let him game wreck the fuck out of this, then this is absolutely a game that they can hang in there and maybe make a game of it. And just because I love to hear it when I listen to the podcast, let's go ahead and make this the Danger Zone Game of the Week. That's right. I did that just so I could hear that beautiful sound. So I got nothing else. Take it away. 
Well, here's one thing. On the contest, uh, it's 11 and a half. Good so, Lord. Yeah. So it's definitely going to close at 11 or better, uh, obviously. So uh, the numbers, unbelievably, are split in this game. Um, Indy is the away dog before the bye, so they got that working for them. Uh, that is, sorry, uh, 31, 27, 3. It's the most coin flippy spot. You want to call it that, of the before the bye spot. So not the best spot to be in. Now, they were no uh, no cover last week versus the team. No, that's not true. Dallas is not covered either. Scratch that out. Uh, now Dallas is on a trend here that we have. Vince, I believe, hit for this last week. Yep. Miami hit for this trend on this last week. Oh, yeah. So, I remember this. So, 2012, week 12 and on, better than 50% winners team. So, winning team, home favorites of 10 and a half to 14 and a half. Now, 43, 20 and 4 with Miami hitting for us on that last week. Now, you got the dogs of four more, obviously, with Indy. But here, here is my crescendo of my big favorites late in the season. I'm about to lay some numbers on you. And it might hurt your heart to hear it, but you got to hear it. So since 2015, week 13 and on, home favorites between 10 and 13. 27, 13, and 3 ATS. 67 and a half percent of the time. These home favorites this late in the year fucking roll. Now, I wanted to go back like, okay, when does this start to kind of happen? You know, at what point? So, week 10, 59% they cover. Week 11, 63 and a half. Week 12, 69 and a half. Tick down to 67 and a half week 13. Week 14, 65.7. Week 15, 66.7. Week 16, 71.4. And week 17, uh, which the last time, and I didn't grade week 18, we only had one of those. But week 17, Longhorn, the percentage of home favorites that cover 10, 10 to 13, 100% of the time. Is that good? It's pretty good. Uh, the last one we had was last year, Tampa Bay, if you remember. They were favorite. Actually, this one is in week 18 last year. Uh they were minus 10 and a half, so last game of the season, week 18. Minus 10 and a half favorite versus Carolina at home. Yeah, they won 41 to 17. Mm-hmm. So the synopsis of the story is, boys and girls, the later these, the later the year gets, the less these dogs want to fight, uh, and the more these fucking home favorites just fucking roll. Now, the only caveat to that I'll say is, and you brought it up earlier, uh, with, the, with the shitty, shitty AFC South, you got... Tennessee run away with it, obviously. But mm. anything can happen. Anything can happen. Not running and, away with it. Well, they're up by at least two games, three two games, games, I think, whatever. Two. So, but Indies, they're not mathematically eliminated, and they know it. So they could fight. They could fight. So maybe this is not quite that situation, and 33.5% of the time, Indies decide. But I, if you think that I'm putting my money down on 33.5%, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not doing it. So uh, it's cows or nothing for me. Dallas, just, just last thing, Dallas is 27th 
PFF against the Rush, and we all know what Indy wants to do. So just a little, just a little food, food for thought. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's not nothing leading to Indy. It's just it's, it's not enough to make me pull the old rubber band off the uh, off the wall, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Oh, it's Monday Night Football. And it is those top of Brady Buccaneers. Three and a half point. Home favorites versus New Orleans. Yeah, situationally, here's the deal. Three and a half points. New Orleans has historically kind of owned Tom Brady since he's gone to Tampa Bay. And I was looking at the... And I don't have much of a write-up. It's gonna be, we're going to save some time here. I was looking at the division. Tampa Bay leads with a 5-6 and six record. That division. New Orleans is in last place with a 5-8 and eight record. Or, excuse me, 4-8 and eight record. So if they beat Tampa, they have five wins. And Tampa has five wins. This is a god-awful division. And nobody is eliminated yet. So even after that, uh, just atrocious, pull your hair out, bad beat we had last week with New Orleans plus nine and a half at San Fran, I still have to lean situationally to New Orleans here. Tell me what the numbers say. Well, I like your lean. Uh, The numbers are split on this one. Uh, Like I said, both these teams are not good. Um, Now, you got New Orleans. Again, way dog before the bye. Again, not the best spot to be in, but still uh, winning you money historically. But you got New Orleans also on something that's won us a ton of cash historically, except this fucking year. But... Teams off a shutout loss since 2015 are 27-11 ATS. Now, this year they're 0-2. So, <laughs> even great trends can have a fucking bad stretch. This one was 27-9 coming into the season. Obviously, having a little bit of a bad stretch. Does that continue? I don't fucking know. Uh, Tampa Bay is in the new spot. However, New Orleans has got kind of a heavy uh, lean to it on that one. Some new information I've found out. Uh, later or earlier this evening. So I, I don't have a lot on this game. I definitely lean with you to the Saints. I think it's Saints or nothing for me. They are three and a half in the contest. I'm done backing uh, Tom. You know, he might have lost his superpower with Giselle. I don't know. <laughs> I do I do know this. The Saints can score the ball, and then Buccaneers have. Oh, can score. they? Can they score? Because we could have used some of that last week. And so I just said they got <laughs> shut out, and I said they could score the ball. But <laughs> oh my god! Early in the year, they did yeah. score the ball, but they are outside. They are in Tampa Bay, <laughs> but like you said, they have owned them historically. But Tom did they did beat them early in the year, but that was with Winston. I think it was like game two, and of course he threw three fucking interceptions. So that's what Jameis Winston does. Yeah. Generally, Dalton doesn't do that, but you also do, don't get the you know explosive upside. I, I don't know. I, it, to me, it's Saints or nothing. The, Buc- the Buccaneers have shown me nothing that they can cover margin versus any of that. I mean, they can't even beat most teams, much mm. less fucking cover margin. Agreed. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming to the air tonight, baby! <laughs> All 
right, boys and girls, time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. So many to choose from this week. I think I hit two or three sounders. The danger zone, the fucking big dick. But I'm going to go with, you know, when you when you need a winner, you go with a winner. Give me Joe Burrow and those Cincinnati Bengals plus two at home against Kansas City. And that is the free pick of the week. Love it. <clears throat> All right, boys and girls, time for your college. Free pick of the week. It's conference championship week, baby. We've made it. All right, we're going to go with the Fresno State Bulldogs, plus three and a half. My boy, Jake Hayner. He's back, boys and girls. This game's a biggie for us. Now, we could do a bitch move and hedge out because we have (laughs) Fresno State over their season win total and to win the conference championship, both place preseason in Vegas. We could bitch out and take Boise State, but you know what? We don't do that around here. We ain't hedging this shit. We've been on this shit since fucking August. If Jake Hayner wouldn't have got hurt, we'd already fucking won this shit. But he did. Shit happens, but we're here anyway. Now, Boise State already did play Fresno. They beat the shit out of him early in the year. But my boy Jake Hayner was hurt at that time and on the sidelines. He is back. And this dude, I know a lot of people don't know him, but I'm telling you right now, he is absolutely one of the best, probably top three quarterbacks in the country. He is a fucking Derek Carr starter kit at the same school. You might think, ah, oh, Derek Carr, who gives a shit? Well, Derek Carr started a lot of goddamn games in the NFL and won a lot of them too. So don't poo-poo my boy that quickly. Love Fresno State. Love the three and a half. Get some revenge on Boise. This is the fourth time these two teams have met in this Mountain West Conference Championship. These are the titans of that league. And then a little bonus, a little bonus, best bet, first time, first time all year. We're going to do this. This is a pizza money parlay, and it is very much, it's a small pizza. All right, guys, it's personal pan pizza, mm-hmm. so don't get crazy. Pizza bites. Yeah, maybe some fucking, uh, what are the pizza rolls. Anyway, yeah. five team, all totals. Let's fucking go. UFC versus Tulane, over 57. LSU, Georgia, over 51. Coastal Carolina, Troy under 48 and a half. Fresno State, Boise State over the 53 and a half. Utah and USC over 68. Oh, that's 24 to 1, baby. 24 to 1. Let's go win some fucking money. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Longhorn, tell me about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe against a five-star rate so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Cephas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!